0: And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. And as the Green Bay Packers look to prepare for the San Francisco 49ers as NFC Conference finalists, I think the question on the minds of fans everywhere is simple. What is the path to beating the 49ers? What is the path? And what have the Packers shown this season – That suggests they can hang with the 49ers because that 38-7 to drubbing in San Francisco colors a lot of the discussion around what's going on this week as this team prepares to get a little bit of revenge on the 49ers. And there is some fatalistic attitudes out there for sure. There's going to be a lot of people picking the 49ers. Most people will pick the 49ers, and rightfully so, by the way. They're the better team, and they have been all year. Now, none of that is to say Green Bay cannot win. And you can look at the game on Sunday and take away a couple things. I want to start with the defense. Before we get there, though, Aaron Schatz put out a very interesting statistic from the conference finalists about DVOA. And in that, he looked at the week-by-week performances of these teams. Week 12 was Green Bay's worst offensive performance and worst defensive performance adjusted for schedule. So even taking into account the fact that they were playing a very good team, they were awful. And it was the third best performance by this defense, even taking opponent into account, and the best performance by the offense for the 49ers. In other words, this was a confluence of events that created the eventual outcome. And I think that that if we look at it, and it's easy to forget because of the eventual score, how this game started. So Green Bay fumbles the ball, right? And at the two-yard line, San Francisco punches it in. From there, though, the 49ers go, five plays, 17 yards, punt. Seven plays, 40 yards, field goal. Three plays, minus three punt. Three plays, minus 15 punt. Seven plays, 59 yards, field goal. Okay, so that's five possessions. Green Bay, to that point, has had six possessions. They've come away with no points. And really, from from drives that San Francisco actually had to manufacture, they've scored six points. Now, it's 13-0 because of the fumble. Green Bay cannot turn the ball over in this game, or if they do, they need to create some turnover, something they didn't do in the first matchup. This defense had a good plan. Eventually, the dam just broke because Green Bay's offense in that series They have the turnover on the first possession. Then they go three plays, six yards punt. Three plays, one yard punt, yeesh. Three plays, minus three punt. Eight plays, 52 yards, turnover on downs. Still like the aggressive mentality there. It was just a play call problem. Six plays, zero yards, punt. And by then, after the next drive, 49ers get the field goal. It's 13-0, and they're down two scores. And Green Bay, three plays, four yards, punt. San Francisco scores the touchdown. It's 20 nothing, and the game is now out of hand. Is it out of reach? No, of course not, but it is out of hand. And now Green Bay is playing with Alex Light at offensive tackle. We're going to get into all of that. But defensively, they started the game really strong. And eventually, you're just on the field the whole game. And it's just untenable. It's just untenable. So... When you look at what happened on Sunday, what Green Bay was able to do defensively, and I know they gave up points, Russell Wilson, incredible. But Tremont Williams made this point after the game. He said, I don't know how many sacks Zadarius and Preston Smith got, that defense got, but they earned more than they got. And that's true. Zadarius and Preston each had two, Kenny Clark had one. But pressures, Zadarius Smith had 11. Pressures, According to Pro Football Focus, seven hurries. Kenny Clark had seven pressures, six hurries. Preston Smith, seven pressures, three hurries. Between the top three pass rushers for the Packers, that's 25 pressures. Russell Wilson was under pressure on more than half of his throws. 52.3% of his dropbacks, Russell Wilson was pressured. In that Week 12 matchup, Green Bay pressured Jimmy G just seven times. Seven times in 24 dropbacks. So they got a little pressure. They got some pressure, but not consistent pressure. And that's with Justin School in there, not Joe Staley. They're healthier now along that offensive line than they were then. The performance that this Green Bay front put together against the Seahawks. And yes, the Seahawks have been bad all season at allowing pressure. Not this bad. Green Bay's front made them look awful. And Russell Wilson was still able to manufacture plays. Jimmy Garoppolo cannot do that. He cannot perform the kind of magic that Russell Wilson can. I mean, how many times on Sunday did we see Russell Wilson sandwiched between two defenders, flip the ball to Travis Homer, or sling it out to Jacob Hollister, or find a way to escape the pocket when Zadarius or Preston or Kenny Clark or someone absolutely whipped the offensive lineman across from them? This defensive front is playing nasty. They're playing physical. They're playing with tremendous confidence and swagger. They have to show up. But we're not asking them to be anything they haven't been this season. They were absolute dogs on Sunday. They need to be dogs in the NFC Championship game. They need to be full pack, junkyard dog, chain collar you don't want to throw the ball in their yard dogs. That's what you need from them on Sunday. And that's what they can be. We've seen them be it. And, and the 49ers game actually marks an interesting point in the Packers season because they give up the 38. Then they give up 13, 15, 13, 10, 20, and then 23 to Russell Wilson. The defense really elevated its game down the stretch. Now, against inferior opponents, of course, But over the course of the season, you're going to face some of those teams and you need to do your business. You know, the Vikings defense looked a lot better than it was later in the year, earlier in the year, specifically because they got to play some of these dog teams and they got fat in the in the rankings, in the statistics off of that a little bit. 49ers, same deal. They played great first half of the year, second half of the year. They didn't play nearly as well. And that's the thing about this team. The Packers just went out and really for four straight quarters dominated the Seahawks. They gave up some points in the second half, but they were they had a great plan defensively. They didn't give up big plays and the the few drives they gave up, the plays were off of Russell Wilson brilliance, not communication breakdowns, missed tackles, blown coverages, bad leverage, bad angles. It wasn't like that. Green Bay played well enough, good offense beats good defense pretty consistently in these in these individual moments, or at least great offense beats good defense. And Russell Wilson was great. Russell Wilson is great. Jimmy Garoppolo isn't. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo against the Vikings. He he made some mistakes, and Minnesota dropped some opportunities. Green Bay can't do what Kevin King did on Sunday and drop an interception if Jimmy G is going to throw it to them. They need to manufacture some, but that starts up front. Create pressure. Is Mike Patton going to sit back and allow Jimmy G to read the field and have time? Can Green Bay's defense hold up on the back end? Now, one thing that is really encouraging on the hard play action. The shot play stuff that Seattle tried to run, which has been effective for them this year, and they have burners to make it happen. Green Bay was schooled up. Mike Patton had them ready for that stuff. They didn't blow coverages. They had their zones filled. Even you know early in the game, Russell Wilson escapes and makes a beautiful throw to Tyler Lockett, cutting across the field, and and Blake Martinez is giving chase, and you're going, ugh, oh, Blake, ugh, oh, Blake. You you show it from the back end. Watch the, the replay of Russell Wilson's vantage point on that play. There is no window there. He's covered. Blake has Tyler Lockett covered. It takes an absolutely perfect throw to beat the coverage. Green Bay was consistently in the right positions. Nothing over the top. You know, Kevin King got beat down the field, but on a play where Russell Wilson had to escape the pocket by time and then find him down the field. The touchdown to Lockett was Russell Wilson escaping. It was Lockett grabbing Jair Alexander and throwing him to the ground. No call, by the way. That's what it took. That's how well the defense played. The defense didn't play give up 23 points poorly. By no means. They played give up three points in two quarters. That's that's the level of defense they played. They dominated this game in the trenches. And they played well against the the 49ers in in week 12 in the trenches particularly in the run game green bay outrushed the 49ers in that game a lot of their production came late and and that game changed really on two plays it was the debo samuel big play at the end of the first half that makes it 20 nothing and the game is is really salted but if that's not the, the the dagger then it's the packers come out second half they get their touchdown and then the george kittle coverage bl- blown and game's pretty much over from there. Green Bay was was trying to fight back. They were trying to get back in it. And they were in the mix. If they get a stop, they get a score. Now it's game on. But they couldn't get a stop. And from there, it was really just over. It was all over but the crying, as my, as my grandpa would say. If you want a path to beating the 49ers on Sunday, it starts with this pass rush. They are capable of wrecking this game. And we saw them do it on Sunday. And if Jimmy G plays like Russ and and makes the same kind of plays, you just got to tip your hat. But I don't see it. He's not that kind of player. Green Bay's front can give their back-end opportunities to create turnovers, to get forcing completions and get stops. That was also before they, they incorporated the Zadarius Smith wrinkle, using him as an A-gap blitzer and disrupting inside. We'll see what the counter is. But it's not like the 49ers have an extra week to prepare. Yes, they've seen this team already once, but they don't—they didn't get extra time to prepare for the Packers like they did the Vikings. And it is worth pointing out that Green Bay scored more against Seattle than the 49ers did in either battle with the Seahawks. This 49ers team can be slowed down. The Seahawks have done it. And yet that same defense, Green Bay's offense, lit up. So how can the offense get back on track against the 49ers? We're going to talk about that in just a second. Matt LaFleur said on Monday that he has to go back and watch the first 49ers game and do some self-scouting, some evaluation of his own, his play calling. And there was a piece that came out with a quote from someone in the league that basically said, Green Bay tried to just run their stuff. They didn't attack the 49ers the way teams normally do. And... I sort of half-joked about it on Twitter that it was sounded like a criticism of a Mike McCarthy offense. And Matt LaFleur admitted a little bit that he may have overthought it, that he may have tried to anticipate too much tendencies and, and what Robert Sala, who is a friend of his, would try and do and ways that he would defend certain concepts. So they got out of trying to take it to them, to dictate terms, and rather decided to play a little bit more reactively, he didn't do that against the Seahawks. They had all kinds of interesting concepts ready. And and his collaboration with his quarterback, you have to think that they're going to have some ideas of how to attack this team. Because as Kyle Shanahan pointed out, Kyle Shanahan told his team this week that the first game has zero relevance. And in the playoffs, teams who beat an opponent by double digits in the regular season were only 22-14 and against them in the playoffs. No guarantee coming back. And he said, it's because I know how good their coaching staff is, how good their players are. Aaron Rodgers comes to Matt LaFleur and says, hey, that fake slant flat into a double move, let's run that for a touchdown. That adjustment on the slot fade on third and eight to Devontae Adams. Where it's just that ESP connection between quarterback and receiver. None of that stuff was going on in this game the first time. And so that's, that's part of how you can say this is a better team. But the plan wasn't great. And it's been alluded to in a lot of different ways. And maybe someday the stories will come out about what happened. Clearly they went into this game with a plan that, at least in retrospect, the players didn't like. Whatever it was. Players didn't like it because it was brought up again in the locker room after Sunday. We didn't go in with the right plan. And maybe that's that's as simple as they didn't go in with the right mentality. They didn't go in with the right focus. And they certainly didn't execute the plan, whatever the plan was. Execution is is always of the utmost importance. But you got to have a good plan, too. And Green Bay had a great plan. I think they've evolved over the last few weeks. I think they've gotten better in some key areas. The 49ers certainly keyed on Aaron Jones. He was not able to get off 13 carries, 38 yards. Jamal Williams had a nice day. Averaged four yards a carry, got 11 touches. They were able to mix that up a little bit. Green Bay could not throw the ball because Alex Light was the right tackle. Brian Bulaga barely played. He goes out. And from that point, they just couldn't block Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner. Now, We don't have official word on Brian Bulaga at this point. It sounds like it was a 24-hour bug. He was tested for the flu, didn't have it. It's just some sort of virus that he got, and it knocked him on his ass. Danny Vitale had a bug. We're not sure if it's the same bug. These things are are complicated and, and mutating, of course. He said he couldn't leave his couch for two days. These guys are big, tough dudes, but their bodies are machines, and when their machines are out of whack it hits them you, you think that oh you know these guys are tough they can fight through it yeah yes and no they're well-oiled machines and so when you get a little gunk in the engine ferrari doesn't run quite the same way it relies on all the rotors and all the cylinders and and everything moving in concert with one another when you have a little bit off you know that 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 15 20% that's a big deal and if you're if you're too sick to play in a playoff game i mean that's got to be major business now, if it's a short term thing, it sounds like it was, you, you know, you get your strength back, you get some IVs, you get your rest, and you get Brian Bulaga out there ready to go. Another key difference is Jared Veldier is now on this team. And he wasn't perfect against Jadevian Clowney, but Matt LaFleur said it post game. He never changed his play calls because he was worried about what Veldier could or couldn't do. Having that security blanket, if there is an injury, if Brian Bulaga can't go, that's a problem. Now Green Bay has to get some of these games cleaned up. Guard tackle stunts, that should be that should be easy stuff. That should be training camp stuff. And Billy Turner had a couple misses in this game. Stuff that just can't happen. And they and they've been a little inconsistent with stuff like that. That's why I think the pass rush win rate stats can be a little deceiving because yeah, they win consistently, but when they lose, it's it's busted open. It's sort of the Packers' defense. You know they can they can be great on 80 plays, and it's the four plays that they're bad on that are they're just catastrophic. All of a sudden, you've got guys running free at the quarterback. It happened in the second half. You missed the, you missed the pass off. Now you've got a linebacker blitzing, and you don't have the free rusher, even though you should be able to pick him up. And now you you have an issue, and you get a sack, and you give the ball back to Russell Wilson. Now, luckily, the Packers defense was able to to handle its business, but Green Bay has to bring the fight to San Francisco. They can't play passively. I thought Minnesota played passive, and when they attacked down the field, that was when they were most effective. You get the Stephon Diggs play. You have to be able to set up the play-action shot plays, but you have to be able to do it in the the drop-back game as well. And what Green Bay was able to do with Devontae Adams, it was not just creative play calling, it was outstanding execution. Devontae Adams looks back to being his old self, I, I haven't believed that he has looked as sudden or as explosive the last few weeks, even though he's been out there. He hasn't looked physically the same. This is the first time he looked physically the same to me as as pre-Turf Toe Devontae. And, and that was the prognosis coming in. We knew that he was going to be dealing with this. This was going to be a lingering issue for him. He wasn't going to quite be 100% for a while, even if he was back on the field. And that played itself out. He looks back to being Devontae Adams. We don't have an update on Alan Lazard. If he can't go, that's one less option in the passing game, but maybe, maybe they have something here with Jimmy Graham. Yes, the 49ers have excellent athletic linebackers. Quan Alexander didn't play last game. Can you use that aggressiveness against them? Can you create eye candy for them? Can you, can you use play action against them? Can you run mesh? Can you get the crossing routes and get them confused? Are they going to take the same defensive approach? Green Bay looks to be much more equipped offensively to handle this. And if they get the Aaron Rodgers who played on Sunday, the guy who I thought really missed just one, one real throw all game, had a bunch of throwaways, had one to Aaron Jones in the flat where he was under duress and really just trying to get the ball out. I thought on aimed throws, he really only missed one. Pro Football Focus had him graded as the best player on the team, including Devontae Adams. He was awesome. The Packers need him to be that sharp. They don't need him to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes, throw five touchdowns. They just need him to be sharp. Get through your reads, get the ball out, and get the ball into your hands of the playmakers. And that means the plan has to be good, too. this This is nut check time. This is, everything has to be great. I know it sounds like, oh, they have to be good at this. They have to be good at this. They have to be good at this. This is the NFC Championship game, people. They have to be good at everything. They need to bring their A game to beat the 49ers. And even that might not be enough. But this is this is the path. You've got to go in with a plan like you had in this game. Tyler Irvin, specials. Give the 49ers a lot of stuff to think about, to worry about. Show them a lot of different formations. Green Bay they they get a shot play touchdown out of a three tight end set. We didn't see that against the 49ers. They looked more vanilla than we had when than we had been used to seeing them play. They need to bring out everything: the trick plays, the end arounds. If you've got a tight end leak play, a throwback, a receiver screen into a pass, all that stuff. This is it. This is the time to use that. And then if you if you empty the chamber, you've got two weeks now to replenish it. And you have the opportunity to have Aaron Rodgers who can come in that week and say, let's run the fake switch slants, and it's a touchdown if we get man coverage. Matt LaFleur called his best game as a Packers coach, but over the last month, even though the offensive production hasn't quite been there, I felt like his plan and his play calling has been outstanding. If if the execution can meet that, as it did on Sunday, Green Bay's offense can score points against this 49ers team. They need to not be the worst performance of the year, which is what they were the last time these two teams played. That's a that's a pretty low bar. They were atrocious. If they're even just normal average Packers football, they can be in this game if the defense does its thing. Now if they can combine those two things, that's when you give yourself a chance to win in San Francisco even as good as the 49ers are. Have a good plan execute it, and get your big players to come through for you like they did on Sunday. Green Bay has the star power. They have the talent to come through and and spring the upset to get to the Super Bowl because that's the goal. And if one of your goals in 2020 is to get fit, then try Echelon, the best way to get in shape this year. Go to echelonfit.com to discover They're EX1, connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. You've seen those commercials, and you say, hey, that seems great. I'd love to be able to do those workouts in my home, in my apartment, wherever I am, but it's so expensive. Well, Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, even elite athletes, whatever your activity Level. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, they will give you your money back. Join the thousands who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to EchelonFit.com slash LONFL to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit.com, slash L-O-N-F-L, echelonfit.com, slash L-O-N-F-L. All right, this is it. This is the opportunity you play all season for, so go seize it if you are the Packers. Brian Peacock from Locked 49ers and... Locked on NFL will be on the show tomorrow to help us break it all down. I was a little overconfident last time these two teams played. I will not make that mistake again. I still think Green Bay can win. I absolutely think Green Bay can win. And what they showed me on Sunday was a team capable of, of being something that we hadn't seen, of executing at a level we hadn't seen. We said for a long time, don't expect this team to be anything other than what it's been. Well from a, a plan standpoint they weren't really. This has been the team that they came in or at least from a concept standpoint. They had a couple wrinkles here and there but fundamentally this was a team wanted to run outside zone, they wanted to create play action shots and they wanted to be a team that on defense pressures the quarterback without having to blitz a lot. That's what they were. If they can be that, if they can execute that on Sunday, if their players can come to play, hey I certainly feel good that it's not going to be 38-7 or that kind of game, but we'll have Brian come on, and uh, I will, I'll will. Eh, maybe I'll issue a mea culpa. Maybe I won't, but we'll see. Um, and we'll talk about the 49ers, what we saw from them last week, and push this forward to the matchup on Sunday. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnPackers. Go subscribe wherever you're listening to this, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts tell your your smart device to play Locked On Packers, and make us part of your daily routine. If you have a Google connected device, a Bluetooth device, whether it's the Google Home, the Google Home Mini, with the screen, whatever you have, you can make us a part of your day in the morning. Just tell Google, good morning, and if you've added us to that feed, I'll give you updates, daily updates, minute long, five minute long, whatever you want, as part of your morning routine, or anytime you, you wanna listen to the news, You can have your Locked on Packers update and, of course, tell your device to play Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.